Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 58 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley. And Riley, today on the show, we've got a lot to get to. we got to talk about Alec Manoa and his flu game. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is hitting some career milestones. And we got so much more to get to. But Riley, most importantly, the Blue Jays won a series, five-game series, 3-2 to two, against the Tampa Bay Rays. And now we've moved past them in the standings and are in the first wildcard spot. But Riley, what's up? How are you? I am good, man. As you just said, five games. Anytime you play a five-game series, first of all, almost unheard of. But mm -hmm. second of all, if you can win that series, um, you should feel good as a team. You come out with no big injuries, you know, no big hinderings from that. No one really struggled truly in the series. Um, you know, one big loss doesn't determine the outcome of the series mm -hmm. either. I think that there was a lot of panic on Twitter that I saw Um I think relax. I think that we're in a really good spot right now. And I think the standings show that we're in the hardest division in baseball. We had a really tough part in our schedule. The Rays really showed that, hey, man, they're they're not pretenders on their payroll. They can do just about anything. And we come out and we did real good, Jesse. We did real good in that series. Anytime you can win a series against a division rival down the stretch, it's nothing but a good thing. So I will take this as a positive from the Blue Jays. Let me get into the game recaps here. What happened? Five games. So. Take a deep breath, and let's roll. All right, game one. Jays won this game 3-2. to two. The Jays were down 2-1 to one in the eighth inning until Bo Bichette hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the eighth. Jose Brios was solid in the start, one run in six and a third innings pitch. Vladdy and Bo each had two hits, and Jordan Romano got saved number 33. Game two, the Jays lost this one 4-2. Um, Manoa was supposed to start this game, but didn't. He wasn't feeling so good, so the Jays had a bullpen day. Julian Merriweather got the start and was shaky. Mitch White got the bulk roll, six innings, seven hits, three earned runs. Jays were down 4-0 early. We ended up getting two in the eighth, but it wasn't enough. Rays take game two. Game three, Jays won 7-2, and this was my favorite game of the homestand. This one was fun. Alec Manoa made the start battling a stomach bug and fought through it. Six and two-thirds innings pitch, only two earned runs, which both came off solo home runs. Multi-hit games for Kirk. Whit Merrifield had a huge go-ahead double, and George Springer broke his home run drought with home run number 20 on the season. Game four, Jays won 5-1. Ross Stripling man, Bob Ross, was at it again. Six and a third innings pitch, only three hits allowed. Santiago Espinal had three hits. Uh, Danny Jansen and Bo Bichette had two more. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. broke his home run out with number 100 on his career. And in game five, this was the blowout you were talking about, Riley. Jays lost 11-0. Kevin Gosman got into some trouble early, and then he settled in. The Jays just flat out didn't hit. Um, Shane McClanahan had a lot to do with that. He's really damn good. And the combination of Trevor Richards and David Phelps got into a lot of trouble in the ninth, so the Jays just couldn't come back. But where we stand right now after this series, we're in the top wildcard spot, meaning if the playoffs ended today we would be playing in toronto we're half a game up on seattle or no sorry half a game up on the rays and we're tied with seattle um and still six back of the yankees so riley where do you want to go first a lot to talk about five game series a lot of baseball take it away well i think before the show you referred to this as your favorite game of the series and mm -hmm. how could i not agree with that that is that is perfect a perfect way to say it so as you know it's the so-called flu game for Mr. Alec Manoa. So for those of you who don't know, obviously the great Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all mm -hmm. time, playing in the finals with a stomach bug. He did his thing. So this is this is a smaller flu game. Right. Still playing <laughs> at a very important series, though, and going out and doing Alec Manoa things, and that's, that's dominating guys, getting guys to swing and miss. Um, just making right-handed batters look stupid and invoking weak contact to the left-handed batters it was a it was another good it was another good 
appearance for Alec Manola. What else can you say about him, man? Like, there's not too many times we're sitting here and saying bad things about the guy. It's Alec Manoa. He's a stud. He's going to get Cy Young votes this year. And right now, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, when word came out that he was sick and he was like puking his brains up all morning and he was still going to make the schedule start in game two, I was almost certain that he was going to go out and throw a no-hitter that day because you've heard stories about pitchers in the past. They're like, I woke up, wasn't feeling so good and threw a no-hitter. I don't think it was Felix Hernandez. It was it was one of those pitchers, though, in the early two, 2010s who said he just wasn't feeling good at all and then went out there and shoved and threw a no-hitter. So I thought that was going to happen with Manoa today. Didn't quite happen. Six and two-thirds, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, five Ks, 13 swinging strikes, including seven on his slider. But man's absolutely a bulldog. And he said after this game, you know, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. My job is to go out there and dominate. And not his best start on the year, but really darn good. And if this is a bad start from Alec Manoa, That'll work. Sign me up every time. Oh, yeah. Sign me up for any Alec Manoa start. He's the guy I want in big game situations. He's the guy that's doing, been doing great things all year for us, man. I mean, what can you expect from a guy who's not only going to receive Cy Young votes this year, but who's going to probably win a Cy Young at some point in his career, knock on wood. He's that good. Mm -hmm. This is his first full season in the big leagues, and he's a top five AL pitcher. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, you, you can't ask. He could have a blow up in his next appearance. He could give up eight or earn runs. My opinion of Alec Manoa would not change one bit. Yeah, I mean, the strikeouts are down a little bit this year, but I think we've talked about that before. It's just his stuff is so good, guys can't hit it. So he's just pounding the strike zone with it, and guys are just making soft contact like crazy. But uh, another pitcher, Riley, um, who also impressed me and also got a lot of soft contact this series, how about Bob Ross Stripling doing his thing here? Six and a third innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. It's the seventh start this year for Ross Stripling where he's allowed three hits or less. He threw a first pitch strike to 20 of his 23 batters. His whip on the season, Riley, because I know you like a good whip stat, is uh, .99. It's under one. He doesn't yet have enough innings to qualify, but if he did, his whip would be the best in Toronto Blue Jays. History, Riley. History. With Alec Manoa being second. Better than Robbie Ray. Better than Roy Halladay. Better than Marco Estrada. Better than Roger Clemens, Riley. Ross Stripling is going to get Cy Young Award votes, and I'd say it's guaranteed he starts a playoff game for us. Ross Stripling has been the most pleasant surprise for this Blue Jays team this year. We knew coming into this year that pitching was going to be vital. It was going to be an, an important thing. We know we didn't get it from Kikuchi. We didn't really get it from Barrios. But the fact that Ross Stripling has come and become our third, our third, he's our third best starter on this team. Obviously, we're going to give the ace rules to Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa. But I feel like on a bad team, Ross Stripling could very well be an ace. And it's Ross Stripling. <laughs> right. But we have two guys that are probably going to finish in the top, around the top five in AL Cy Young voting. I mean, he is. He has one of the best change-up fastball combinations in baseball. We know he doesn't overpower hitters. That's not his game. He's got amazing control. Like I said, it would be blasphemous to say he is like Greg Maddox, but he is certainly <laughs> takes a page out of his book, at least, for what he does on the helmet. And the fact that his whip is under one, because I do love a good hit. I love a good whip. If you're walking, guys, and giving up hits, you're probably, your other stats aren't going to be good that look around that. You start with limiting base runners. I mean, your numbers are going to look great. And Ross Stripling's numbers look fantastic, dude. I think you could make the argument right now based on, we'll talk to Kevin Gosman a little bit later, but you could make the argument that Ross Stripling should be ahead of Kevin Gosman 
Gosman in the depth chart right now. And it's either way, if Kevin Gosman's your third in a rotation, that's ridiculous. This Blue Jays pitching staff, especially that top three, when we get into the playoffs, is going to be in really good shape. So I'm excited to see more from uh, Ross Stripling. And thank God he's here and he's putting up performances like this. Oh yeah, like honest to God, man, what could we? What would we do without this guy right now? Because he, for a long time, on in the dark times for you know a month and a half, when Jesse, we really didn't know what was going on. Ross Stripling was great. As he made as soon as as soon as he came back, made his rehab start at Buffalo, and then came back to this major league club. He has been on point, man. He has been an absolute stud on the on the mound for us, man. Can't ask for anything more. His he's playing way above his pay grade. He's playing way above his potential. Like absolute killer year for Ross Stripling, Mister Point Nine Nine Whip. <laughs> we should get that on a jersey. That'd be great. <laughs> um, from the pitching side to the offense, Riley. How about our shortstop, Mister Boba Shett? We've led the episodes with him two in a row. Now he's going to be third on our episode this series. Like, oh no, is Boba Shett falling apart? But. Riley, his home run in game one was the best home run, I think the most clutch home run that I've had seen the Jays hit this year. I got big Russell Martin vibes from that uh, series against the Yankees in 2015. Riley, take it away. Tell me about Boba Shett. I mean, we covered it in so many of our episodes, especially up until recently. But we're going to keep talking about Boba Shett until he cools off. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we and we knew this is going to happen. He didn't go out there and have four home runs in this series. We'd be lying if he said he has, this is his weaker series out of the last three series. But the fact that we're still talking about him, I mean, should tell you everything you need to know. The fact of the matter is Bulbashed has put up some crooked numbers offensively. I mean, September is Bo's month, apparently. I don't know what it is. I wish all the calendar months that were played baseball were. He was he was not having the best of years. Bulbashed is not broken, nor was he ever broken. I mean, people slump and Bulbashed slump just seem to last it long. I think that the series that we just watched is a lot of what Bobachet can do. I think that he's a very clutch guy. Game one, Jesse, I mean that we're 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 losing three games and only winning two if Bobachet isn't in the lineup in game one. I mean he had the the first RBI on a on a hit for us in the in that game. And then obviously the bottom of the eighth he comes up in a huge at bat, a huge moment and and hit hits a two run shot, makes it three two our closer comes in and shuts the door in the ninth. We don't have to take our at-bats to the bottom of the night. It's not a walk-off, Jesse, but it certainly gets those walk-off vibes. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a huge... I would agree with you, man. It's probably the biggest home run of the season in, a, in such an important game, man. And yeah, we're just going to... Con- in, if Bobachet does the same thing next week, you know, this weekend versus Baltimore, we could be talking about him on Monday or Sunday night, whatever it may be. Like, until he truly cools off, Bobachet is the guy right now. There are people on his back. Let's ride it out with Bo because we're we're geared up for October baseball, man, without a doubt. Again, a uh, setting the tone early in game one is what Bobachet did. He took the team on his back. And the big thing about not only did he hit the home run, is his at bat before he took a fastball that almost hit him in the face and he slams his bat down in frustration. You could tell he was agitated, ready to go. And then his next at bat on a 1-1 pitch, he takes a fastball off the plate that's called a strike. Bobachet reacted immediately. Now he's down one, two. They throw him two sliders in the other's batter's box, which Bobachet was swinging at all year. Took them both. And then the pitch he hit out was a slider down and away on the corner. And he still put it out to left center field for a two-run home run. There are very few people in the game that can do what Bobachet does. Impressive stuff. And you talked about, Riley, how this was his weaker series of the three. He went two for four, 
two for five, one for four, two for four, two for four. So multi-hit games in four of the five games this series. And if that's a bad series, sign me up. Boba Shed is on a heater right now. Oh, I mean, he was MLB player of the week last week. I mean, I don't know if he'll get honors this week. And you know what? That's fine. Because player of the month award, I'm sure will go to Bobachet Because, Jesse, I don't really think he's done yet. We knew mm-hmm. that he, was, mm-hmm. he wasn't was going to hit the same. Like, I don't think he's done yet. I think that this might be a historical Blue Jays month for as far as numbers go with what, how Bobachet has been doing. I think he's I think he's on track for something really special. I don't know what that is, whether it's most hits in a month, extra base hits in a month. I don't know, man. But Bobachet is doing something extraordinarily special right now. And we're all here to witness it in a really important time where we need someone to carry this team. Absolutely. Let's get to some of the rest of the roster and maybe some players that disappointed in this series. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez was one that stood out for me. We were kind of hoping that his new uh, dad strength he'd have could help Teosaur a bit, but it hasn't happened. Um, I didn't check his stats on game five, but for the first four games, he was just one for 11, no walks, four strikeouts. He also had a big throwing error in game one of the doubleheader, which caused two more runs to score. And just like Vladdy, Riley, Teoscar's ground ball rate has increased dramatically this year. It's up to 45%, and he's never had a ground ball rate in the 40s ever in his career. He still hits the ball extremely hard. He can still run well. His defense is fine. It's just Strikeouts have been a problem. Ground balls have been a problem. And we'd just love to see this going from Teoscar Hernandez. Obviously, Teo's going to be a guy for us in the middle of the order. Um, you know, uh, the ground the ground ball um, numbers are really, you know, really stand out to me. Obviously, um, he's he's been a, a 30 home run hitter in the past. Mm-hmm. And usually that comes with a higher fly ball rate. Yes. Um, I think the Blue Jays off their bats have some of the best eggs of velocity, if not the best in the league. Tay Oscar is just another number in that equation where he hits the ball extremely hard. He's got amazing pull power. And yes, he can still hit the other way. Not a ton, but Tay Oscar Hernandez is a big bat. He For any team, he's a four or five kind of hitter. And for us, yeah, when you go one for 11 and and don't have any you know on base any other ways than just the one hit i mean that's not great from the middle of the order again just bad timing for teo the throwing air yeah i mean anytime your outfielder makes an air jesse it just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. especially a throwing air like yes it'd be the odd botch from your corner corner outfielders you know but when a third baseman short makes a throwing air it's always harder for me to watch watch an outfielder sail a ball it's it's much more cringe here but teoscar hernandez i don't think there's a lot wrong with his game right now but certainly not not the best series you know really to to know what he truly is but yeah definitely hope that he puts the ball in the air a little bit more I think um, Isaac mentioned, too, when he was on the show that Teoscar leads all outfielders in errors, at least American League outfielders. And so this was another one here. So just something to keep in mind, I guess, going into next year. But uh, speaking of ground balls, we got to talk about Vladdy again, Riley. And I have not much has changed. He did hit career home run number 100 in this series. And it was kind of amazing that um, we've talked so much about his ground ball right now. He's not launching the ball. That home run number 100 of his career was the highest launch angle he has hit for a home run all season, or all career, sorry, which I thought was, uh, the irony is hilarious in that. But I have a stat, Riley, and I want to know if this concerns you at all. Um, Since August 1st, no qualified hitter has hit more ground balls with runners in scoring position than Vladdy with a whopping 78% Riley. That means if he gets on, there's a runner in scoring position since August, he's hitting a ground ball almost 80% of the time. Yikes. 
I mean, of course, that's a concerning stat. I mean, Jesse, when we were 12 years old, we were to, it's like there's a runner on second base, Jesse, with less than two outs. You obviously want to try and hit the ball over to the right side of the diamond. It's the same kind of principle when there's a runner on third, less than two outs. You're trying to get that ball to a deep part of the park, or at least in the air to a deep part of the park, because you're in a chance to get an RBI. And Vlad is going to hit where? Second or third for us in the batting order. He's in a key spot to uh, drive in runs. And that's the key. Driving in runs with this Blue Jays team with runners in scoring position because that has hindered us so much this year, man. It's almost abysmal how we have hit with runners in scoring position this year. And yeah, I think I found one of our culprits, which is sad to say because I feel like I'm sitting here bashing more of Vlad, a guy who's probably going to be our franchise player if he sticks around. But yeah, he's driving the ball into the ground with runners in scoring position. I mean, he can't get the runners in. I mean, that's how you win games is your your two, three, four hitters driving runs for you with less than two outs with guys on second and third. And that just didn't happen, Jesse. I think our expectations are high for him just because we know how good he can be, right? And he hasn't hit that ceiling this uh, season. So I think that's why we're a little tough on him. But I'm confident he'll turn it around, give it the offseason. Let's see what his comments are then and see how he looks in spring training or even in the playoffs here and see if Vladdy can get going. Riley, we've got a lot to get to in just a little bit of time. Let's go to our starters corner. Let's talk about our other main starters who pitched in this series. Kevin Gosman uh, gave up four runs in the second inning and then kind of stretched it apart, and then he gave up a solo home run in the fifth. So overall, he gave up five earned runs now for the second straight start. Um, but I still think Gosman looked good. The spins were great. The splitter looked good still. Velocity was still there. I think it was just... One of those days for Kevin Gosman. Uh, Mitch White got the bulk after Julian Merriweather started game two. Six and a third innings pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, no walks, two, two Ks. Now, two of those earned runs were charged to Mitch White, even though it really was a Teoscar throwing error. So really think about it, six earned runs, one hit or one inning pitch, or sorry, seven hits and uh, one earned run. And then Jose Brios made the start. Now his line looks pretty good. Six and a third, six hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. But I'm still incredibly worried about Barrios. The Jays have played their best defense behind Jose Barrios, which I think is just kind of a random thing. And it's likely to regress to the mean because Barrios is still giving up hard contact like crazy. And he's not getting any swings and misses. I'm just so worried every time Barrios pitches that it's going to be a blowout. Any thoughts on those three guys? Right yeah, well, just quickly on Gosman, um, you could almost you could almost flip it with Brios and Gosman because I think they're opposite. I think that Brios not only does he get amazing defense behind him, he also gets the run support behind him as well. I think that's important mm -hmm. for his wins loss. Mind you, Brios did pitch well in this game. He did, but yeah, I he he's, he is very shaky. He gives up hard contact. He doesn't invoke a lot of swings and misses, and. Like it's nice. It is nice to see when he's on the hill. At least he could. He limited his base runners in in, in his start, which is great. Um, yeah, Mitch White kind of uh, salvaging an, an appearance for us there. I mean, I'm I'm surprised he even threw as long as he did. All things considering, and Kevin Gosman, it seems like yeah, his second start in a row with five earned runs. I think that he's just, he's getting dinged early, Jesse, and then he's getting taken out of the game on another, like, one or two earned runs, whatever. The, I think that's going back to his last appearance where he gave up three and then he gave up two. I think in this one, he gave up four earned runs early and then one before he got pulled in this one. But Kevin Gosman's line doesn't look like it's really that much, but if you're actually watching him throw the ball, I mean, I'm still more comfortable with Gosman over Barrios, even in their yeah. two st starts. There's no question about it, man, that Kevin Gosman just has had two unlucky starts. And Jose Brios is very, very lucky. He he went as far into that game as he did. Still kudos to both of them, especially Barrios. But yeah, 
Hart, Hart gets pumping a little bit more for Jose Barrios, especially late into ball games. I looked this up. I thought uh, I had a thought about the Blue Jays' defense and how they've performed behind individual pitchers. So I mentioned there the Blue Jays have been their best defensively with Jose Barrios on the hill. Um, I think they've got seven outs above average anytime he starts. The Jays have been the worst for Kevin Gosman whenever Gosman starts for some reason. It's been a negative 10 defensive run saves, which could probably lead to the high bad bit and to probably why he's giving up so many base runners and so many runs. Again, I don't think that's anything to do with Gosman specifically. I think just... It's just one of those random things, and it'll even itself out because the Jays' defense as a, on the season has been actually quite good. And also, Mitch White, in his short time here, he's been the second-worst defense behind him since uh, he's joined this team. So I think that could lead to the struggles from both those guys, Mitch White and Kevin Gosman. And if the defense plays better, both those pitchers are going to be better, and I think it's going to be a good thing for both guys going forward. I mean, I think I cut Gosman a little more slack. I think with Mitch White, um, if he has a good defense behind him, it's not going to really increase his numbers that much. Like I said, I, I expected Mitch White to be okay. I didn't expect him to be this bad as a whole um, since we got him from Los Angeles. But um, Kevin Gosman, yeah, if his if the, def if the defense he got behind him were as good as what guys like Gosman were getting, or sorry, what guy, like guys, what Brios were getting, if Gosman get mm -hmm. that same kind of treatment, then I think, yeah, his numbers would certainly look better, Jesse. I mean, there's no question about it. All right. I got four notes here. Tell me if any of these things catch your attention, Riley. Gabriel Moreno got his first start at catcher in game five to catch Kevin Gosman. And he, there are also reports he was out in center field taking some work in the outfield. Riley, we've mentioned it all year that we thought uh, Gabriel Moreno should take some outfield work to see if he can get out there. Um, George Springer broke a long homeless drought with a two-run home run in Game 3, giving him 20 on the year. That's now five Blue Jays with 20 home runs on the season, the most in baseball. Bradley Zimmer's sprint speed from first to home was under 10 seconds, Riley. Covered at a 29.8 feet per second, where 30 is considered elite. So Bradley Zimmer can still fly. And Whit Merrifield had what was probably his biggest hit as a Blue Jay with his two-run double down the line. Only his second extra base hit since becoming a Blue Jay, but it felt good. He contributed. Welcome to the team, Whit. So any of those four pieces catch your eye at all, Riley? Yeah, certainly the Gabriel Moreno one. I mean, he as a catcher, he has not what I would consider to be called non-catcher speed. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can throw from behind the plate, I'm sure you can adapt to other positions. You already have the arm strength there. Um, Gabriel Moreno is just a just an elite prospect. With he's he's gonna be, he's gonna be a superstar one day, Jesse. I don't know if he's going to be some of a, a Willie Mays superstar or if he's gonna be a Chase Utley kind of superstar, where he has a couple good years versus his whole career is good. I don't know, but he's going to be a lead at some point. Um, the, 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 so him taking those fly balls, if he can get in at different positions, that's only going to be better for us. As far as guys like Bradley Zimmer, yeah, I mean, you're just you're, he's giving me Terrence Gore vibes, basically, with the 2015 <laughs> KC Royals. I mean, we know the guy can't hit, but if he's going from first to home in the, the blink of an eye, I mean, that's, that's great. We love those tools especially i say terrence gore because you know playoff hero with him and we're coming up to those times jesse so you know we, we could possibly use him i don't know man it's all up to speculation i certainly hope he doesn't get a lot of that bad so and i'm sure he won't yeah he, he definitely not there's too many good hitters on this lineup for bradley zimmer to uh to get any at-bats, but, you know, he's going to be valuable. He's going to be a pinch runner off the bench, play some defense, and that's his role in the team. And the Blue Jays seem to like that. Um, some more news and notes here, Riley. Alejandro Kirk is considered day-to-day -day with some hip tightness. The Jays are being, quote, careful with him, especially because it's the same hip injury that caused Kirk to go on the 60-day IL last season. Um, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. 
isn't running yet, but he is taking some BP and throwing. So the Jays are being very careful with both Alejandro Kirk and Lord Escuriel Jr. I'd expect him back, you know, probably around the time their IL sent is up, maybe even a little earlier for Kirk. And Ross Stripling has announced that he's adding another nugget to the Chicken Strip family. So congrats to the Striplings. Yeah, absolutely. Ross Stripling, I mean, what a pleasant year for him. God bless that family. I mean, if he's as good of a father as he is a pitcher, I mean, those kids are going to have a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's amazing. Welcome to the welcome to the Toronto Blue Jays family. I mean, we certainly we certainly love having Ross here and I'll take anyone from the Stripling family because damn, you should stay a while. Certainly stay a while, Ross Stripling and company. Yep, the Blue Jays are sending six players to the Arizona Fall League, and it's one of my favorite things to follow baseball in the fall here, including some prospects, Addison Barger, uh, Tanner Morris, outfielder Zach Britton. No, not that Zach Britton. <laughs> Just outfield prospect him. And then three pitchers, Hagen Danner, Hunter Gregory, and Andres Tolhurst. Now, a lot of these are guys that haven't pitched a lot this year. And then a few of our top prospects, Hagen Danner is a name to know about. Zach Britton's been mentioned for a while. So keep an eye on that in the Arizona Fall League to see how some Blue Jays prospects do. And uh, Riley, it was also Roberto Clemente Day around Major League Baseball. So I'd like to wish you a happy Roberto Clemente Day to you and yours. Happy Roberto Clemente Day because our Blue Jays team with the um, Hispanic heritage is amazing. We got one of the best dual. We're lucky. Jesse, you and I are lucky to be Canadians and so is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And of course, he comes from a luscious baseball background, Dominican background as well. Teoscar Hernandez. I don't want to name them all because I'm going to forget. We got Puerto, Re Puerto Rican Jose Barrios. We got Cuban-born ball player of the great Guriel family, Lourdes Guriel mm -hmm. Jr. And I actually want to do something I don't usually do, which is give love to the opposition. But since they're not the New York Yankees, I think that's okay. <laughs> I want to give huge creds to the Tampa Bay Rays, the First time in MLB history where a nine-player lineup was consisting of only Latin American ball or sorry, not even Latin American ball players, all Hispanic, Venezuelan, mm -hmm. Dominican, Columbia. I mean Colombia. Uh, it's it like that's that's incredible for a sport that is considered America's pastime. I mean, you absolutely love to see it. Kudos to the Rays organization. You should be very proud of the team you've assembled, the diversity of that, because as the Blue Jays, I mean, Jesse, you have a pitcher um, on your background, uh, Yusei Kikuchi, the Japanese-born, and obviously I just said Vlad. I mean, baseball players come in all shapes and sizes, come from all ethnicities. And speaking of shapes and sizes, I want to give some love to my boy, Alec Manoa, for right, sticking yes. up for Kirk. I don't even know who the writer was because it doesn't matter because it's just petty nonsense. Yep. But the whole fat shaming thing, I don't care, Jesse. I love my fat guys as a catcher. Alejandro Kirk is an athlete, though. He absolutely doesn't stumble behind the plate. He doesn't miss a beat. That writer obviously knows nothing of Alejandro Kirk's game because if you're going to tell me a normal fat guy can put on, put bat to ball like Kirk does, then you're out of your mind. Alejandro Kirk is absolutely an athlete. Yeah, baseball players might not be Olympic divers, but at the same time, too, man, they play 162 games all summer long. You can't tell me that, you know, 
that that's not athletic in some in some stretch of the imagination. Yeah, a lot of standing in baseball. I don't care, man. Good for Manoa for sticking up. And Alejandro Kirk is certainly an athlete. Riley, the Blue Jays are the heaviest uh, team in Major League Baseball by average weight. And um, would you make the argument that this team isn't entertaining just because the players are heavier? I wouldn't. Alec Manoa's a bigger guy. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a bigger guy. They're some of the best players in the game, period, full stop. So this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And uh, we can move past that there. Beautiful, man. Let's see us out here, Mr. Burl. Well, from one AL East team to another, the Jays are welcoming in the Baltimore Orioles, who um, have won three out of their last five games since we last saw them, but they beat up on Washington, so does that really even count? Um, probable pitchers here in Game 1, Trevor Richards, after coming off that blow-up in Game 5, will start Game 1 here as an opener with Yusei Kikuchi. I've got his jersey back up. I'm hoping for good things from Kikuchi today. And even if he does suck, game's on Apple TV tonight, so not all of us can watch it anyway. But uh, we'll be okay. Jordan Lyles getting the start for Baltimore in that one. Game two will be Jose Barrios against Kyle Bradish. Game three will be Alec Manoa against Dean Kramer. Riley, another team on paper we should be able to take advantage of. How do you think we're going to do in this series? Again, Jesse, it's a team I'd love to come in here and say that we win them all, but I think it's going to be uh, we take two out of three, and that's going to put us in still an amazing spot. I think come Sunday night or Monday, we realize that we're a top of the wildcard spot in the American League, and we're even so creeping up on the Yankees. I know I said we were more or less out of the race. I, it's still statistically in reach, and I think the way that the Jays are playing right now, it's very much in reach. And if the Yankees are up on their on their high horse, on their so-called baseball throne, they should be very worried about this Blue Jays team. We've been popping off, and the Yankees have had a terrible second half. We're right on their heels man it might not say it like we're not two three wins behind it but it certainly they should feel like it is because we're absolutely playing like it right now jesse this will be uh, at some point in the series this will be the 700th time in franchise history the blue jays and the orioles have uh, met up so it's the most that it's ever been so you know a lot of rivalry between this team we'll see how the jays do against brian baker because we had a lot of drama with them uh, last series but i'm saying let's get hot at the right time Let's go ahead and sweep these guys. Let's let's bury Baltimore for good. Let's have their season end this series against the Toronto Blue Jays. And I like our chances that I think we can get it done here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I don't I'm not saying that we're gonna do bad, but um and, and game one with Kikuchi, but let's see. I want to say good things about him, Jesse. I really do. But as far as the other two guys toeing the rubber, I think we absolutely annihilate him. Let's see. I'm I'm with you. I have a feeling that we won't sweep him, but I'll, I'll eat those words coming back here with you on Sunday if I have to say, yeah, we ended up sweeping him because I ain't complaining about that either. It's crunch time, Jesse. We're playing against an absolute... Uh, I'll say beast of a team right now. They might not look like it on paper, but they're playing well above what they should be. And we should be a little bit intimidated by Baltimore. I know they are like, not an, op an opponent to um, to take lightly. And but I still think I still think we're going to beat him. You know, all things considered, in the runs column, big time. I agree. Well, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show. Leave us a five star review on those podcast streaming platforms. Still some big games down the stretch here, Riley, and it's very important that the Blue Jays keep playing their best baseball as we get into the playoffs because you don't want to be slumping going into the playoffs. You want to be riding hot. So, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Yeah, I just thought Roberto Clemente before the show, we were saying stats that stick out to you, and I'm mm -hmm. sure I won't be the only one that knows this off the top of their head. There are stats like how many home runs did Babe Ruth finish with? Well, 714, that number, of course, sticks out. Yep. And it's same thing with how many hits did Roberto Clemente have throughout his career? 3,000 exactly. An absolute Hall of Famer and, a, and an absolute um, and an 
absolute gem. I mean, the Pirates, the Pirates organization has a lot of guys. Willie Stargell um, is probably one of their, if not their best. But I think Roberto Clemente is probably the best Pirate in MLB history. Want to give some love to him. We don't usually go into, you know, giving praise to other teams. I figure Pittsburgh's in the National League Central and they're Pittsburgh, so whatever. But got to love the Hall of Famers because I'm saying... The Pujols watch is real for his number 700 and a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame the second he steps off the ball diamond. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah we're going into we're going we're going against Baltimore and I think it's going to be a great series. I think we're going to get a lot of runs in it, man. I think I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. All right, let's do it. We'll see you guys after the Orioles series. Let's go Blue Jays. Thanks guys.